happening, folks? Welcome back to the Rotobomb Podcast. Sunday morning, so we're talking DFS. I'm your host, Pete Davidson, as always. Um, and this is going to be, you know, a brief 20, 30 minutes, hopefully, um, chat on uh, the upcoming Sunday slate. Um, <laughs> this is definitely, um, this might be the first time I've ever potted Week 17 DFS, maybe the second Um probably something I forgot because I didn't want to remember it. Um, I mean, just looking at the whole board is just mesmerizing in a bad way. Um, there's so much going on. Let's start with just a real brief. For those of you who maybe are coming here because you didn't want to do the legwork and you're like, hey, maybe Pete'll <laughs> make this easy for me. That's what I'm going to sort of try to do. Um, first, I just want to go through each game from a very quick perspective on can we trust what's going on here, right? So Miami at Buffalo. You know, I'm not even looking at the Buffalo side. On the Miami side, some interesting Gaskin. You know, you can trust Miami. Um, they're playing for a playoff berth. Uh, you know, bopping down Ravens-Bengals. Um, you know, Bengals side, maybe grab a bring back, a Higgins or something. But we can trust the Baltimore side. Obviously, they are playing for the playoffs. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, I'm not touching Pittsburgh. I have no idea what they're going to do with their players. Uh, Cleveland, we can trust. Uh, they're going for the playoffs. Um, Vikings, Detroit. Uh, both of these teams are out of it. But it does appear like they're going to play, um, you know, a full game. Uh, so I do have faith um, playing some Minnesota guys, and I'm okay with some Lions on a bring back. Jets, Patriots, only player I'm really looking at in this game, other than, well, Jameson Crowder, I think, is a guy we could look at. If you really wanted to pay down a tight end, you could look at a guy like Herndon, who has been getting involved lately. He's had some touchdowns. A little thin, but I could sort of see that. Uh, but Ty Johnson at 43 is the only thing that really gets me excited in this game. Um, Dallas and New York, both teams can be trusted uh, to give it their all. Um, and there are players in that game, I think, that we can look at. Um, Falcons uh, at Tampa, the Tampa side, obviously, I think, you know, we know Brady wants his numbers. Um, and I think they want to get Rojo some stats. Uh, Vegas likes Tampa to score a lot of points. So I think Tampa's okay. If you want to bring back a Falcon and some Brady stacks, um, sure. Um and here's the the next game, we get to the 4 o'clock, and my focus is going to be on the late games today because that's where the two games I like the most are. Uh, Green Bay, Chicago, both teams with playoff implications. Obviously, Green Bay has clinched, but without Bakhtiari now, their left tackle... The, you know, the stud left tackle, uh, the way they want to play might have to change a little bit. They're going to be uh, less comfortable in a come-from-behind situation where they have to hang Rodgers out there. Um, it's going to be less safe in that pocket. So Green Bay really wants this game. I'm not sure if they're going to go about getting it the same way. Um, but uh, this game, I think, uh, can be a lot of fun. There's a lot of guys in here who are viable uh, in our lineups today. So I'm definitely going to be focused on Green Bay, Chicago. Um, Raiders, Denver, uh, I think both of these teams are going to be playing their guys. So I think we can look to this game. Uh, you know, I think Fant and Waller are probably the two best options for me out here. Um, some other guys, too. Um, Jacksonville uh, Colts, the Colts are trying to get in. They need a win and probably some help. So they're going to be going balls to the wall. Jonathan Taylor's a, a factor here on the Jaguar side. Yeah, who knows with them? Glennon at quarterback. Uh, might hit some of that stuff later. Um, 
the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs side, they don't care. Uh, you know, Darwin Thompson's the only guy I really trust. But on the on the Chargers side, uh, they're going to play this like a normal game with the guys they have. Uh, so Mike Williams is viable. Um, the quarterback is viable. Um, and moving down to Cardinals and Rams, both teams with playoff implications, but I don't like the game. Uh, not sure how much action I'll have here, although Robert Woods at 63 certainly looks pretty good to me. Um, Seattle, San Francisco. San Francisco's pulled the guys they're going to pull. Uh, I think the rest of the guys we can sort of trust. Seattle has to come out firing, but they don't have to stay that way. So I think there's some risk on the Seattle side. I'm probably not going to get real involved there, with the exception of Metcalf, who I think could do a ton of damage in just a quarter. So I think GPP Metcalf definitely has some merit. Um, and on the Frisco side of the ball, uh, I think Kittle at 6K can work. Jeff Wilson at 6K can work. Richie James at 3,100 could be a thing. I think for me, in GPPs, I'm going to have some Richie James. Um, the Saints definitely want to win, so they can grab the number one seed with a Green Bay loss. That would be huge for the Saints. It would give Michael Thomas one extra week to get his high ankle right, and it would get all these COVID guys back uh, into the mix. So the Saints really want to win this game, although how they go about winning it, I guess we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then the other game I really like, um, Titans and Texans. Uh, the Texans you know, I think are definitely going to be playing long enough where the Titans are going to need some points. So I like the way this game works. I do think there's a chance that they may not push Watson real hard in this game. I don't know. Uh, because of the Laramie Tunsil thing, they may not let him get into a, you know, balls out coming from behind thing. So I think there's some uh, some added risk to Watson. Uh, but I do like uh, Tennessee stacks quite a bit. Uh, and then, you know, the other game is off the, the slate, the night game with Washington and Philadelphia. Okay, so that's just sort of a rundown on what I think we can trust. Um, uh, now let's get into this a little more uh, specifically. Uh, one thing, uh, just I want to hit off the top. Let's just it's just sort of the sort of three overarching, you know, things that I'm thinking about with all my teams. First of all, I'm I'm very focused on single entry tournaments this week. I'm I don't want to go up against. Um, mass entry guys in some of these big field tournaments. Um, I don't mind a big field, but I don't want to be playing against mass entry guys because they can go after some really interesting stuff that I'm not going to be able to get into. Um, some of these, um, you know, games where secondary players could come out and do huge things. I don't want to play against guys who can really play all these scenarios. I want to play against people who, like me, can, you know, have to set a single lineup. So I'm very much focused on single entry this week. Um, and I'm leaning on game environments more than one-offs, again, because there's not that much out there I can trust. So I'm going to be building around um, that Green Bay uh, Bear game. I'm going to be building around uh, maybe the Saints a little bit. I'm going to be building around the Titans. Um, and the Ravens and stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing is Derrick Henry is just sort of sitting out there like a big chalky tamale. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely going to play some Derrick Henry and I'm going to fade some Derrick Henry in my lineups. But the one thing for sure is, you know, I'm either playing Henry or I'm building against him. I'm trying to leverage against him. So if my, you know, I may do some smash things where I have Henry and some other Titans pieces, but I'll also do some 
uh, you know, Titan stacks that don't include Henry, uh, hoping that he doesn't get into the end zone more than once, hoping that he doesn't go above, say, 150 yards, um, you know, hoping that he doesn't, you know, go over 30 points. As long as Henry doesn't go over 30, you're in the game um, if you're playing, if you're leveraging against him. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, quarterbacks are interesting this week. I like Tannehill. I like Rodgers. I like Lamar. I like Cousins a lot. Um, you know, I think in, in a GPP, Watson can be something. Brady could definitely be something. Um, but the other side of the coin is these cheap quarterbacks can be viable. And there's a lot of potential cheap quarterbacks that you can make an argument for. Um, and, and, you know, you'll, you'll definitely, uh, in some of the bigger field GPPs, uh, the low ownership, um, you know, could give you... Um, you know, could put some wind in your sails. You know, I think uh, if you can stomach the smell, I think Drew Locke is interesting. Um, let's pull out a couple other of these guys so I'm not talking out of my blank. Um, let me see. You know, Mayfield could be something if you've got the guts to do it. Um, you know, Andy Dalton could be something if you've got the guts to do it. Um, Daniel Jones, I think, um, you know, if that game goes the wrong way. Uh, if you're willing to go down to 49, uh, I think John Wolford is a guy um, because the Rams need to win. If that game, um, you know, gets away from them in any way, uh, you know, Wolford is a guy, I think, who... People will focus on what he can't do, but remember, this is a scheme that can be run by a guy without a big arm. A smart quarterback can run that offense. We've seen it with Goff. So um, Wolford at 49 opens up tons of money, and he doesn't need to light the world on fire for it to work. Um, so, you know, there are some pay-down options um, you know, that can conceivably pay off this week. Uh, so quarterback is very wide open, and there's a lot of things you can do depending on your tolerance for risk and, and, and you, know, the, you, know, you, you know, the size of the field and, uh, you, know, you know, how you want to play it. Um, so let's, let's jump into a couple of these games uh, that I like. Uh, first of all, Baltimore. Now, certainly there's some concern here that Baltimore puts them down really quickly. Um, and that could happen because, you know, they're, they're going to play all their guys. They need to make this thing happen. Um, but I think Lamar, and, and again, there really isn't any block, you know, any roadblock to getting to expensive players. We have enough cheap plays, or at least I have enough cheap plays that I like, that I can get just about anybody in my lineup. I can get just about any two expensive guys uh, in my lineup. So, you know, this is a week where we've got a lot of options in terms of how we want to go. And I definitely want to build some Lamar teams because he, from a raw points perspective, this guy can really crush. Um, now, you can play him naked, and I think stacking him with Hollywood or, and or Andrews can make some sense. Uh, if you want to fade Lamar, I think the 6,700 unit Dobbins uh, can make a lot of sense. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at with Baltimore. Um, if we're doing a Baltimore stack, which I'm not against, I think bringing it back with Higgins is the move I like the most. Um, uh, jumping down to Cleveland, you know, look, I, I think Chubb is a decent play. I think Mayfield is interesting. I like Landry at 65. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other viable uh, guys, obviously, if you want to go with a guy like Hunt, probably going to be low-owned. I think, you know, uh, the one thing we have to do with Cleveland is really stay on top of them right up to game time. Who knows what more players could be lost there. They've got a COVID outbreak going on. And while it's going to be really 
chalky. I do think the Cleveland defense is the best play out there. 2,500 units, it's practically a floor price, and they're playing against a team that's really thrown in the towel. So, uh, not to mention Mason Rudolph and, you know, the hatred factor, uh, the revenge factor there. So, uh, it, it's not going to give you a unique look, but it'll save you money and give you a really nice um, defense with some nice upside. So, uh, I don't think you'll gain any uniqueness against the field, but I really like the Browns' defense play. I plan to use it quite a bit. Um, moving down to Minnesota and Detroit, the things I like about this game is it's easy to find a way to stack it. Um, you know, obviously, I, I, I already mentioned Cousins as a potential play. Um, he's easy uh, to stack. You can do you know, Thielen um, and JJ. You could do JJ or Thielen. You could do one of them with Irv. You could leverage both of them by going Cousins-Irv. Um, you could leverage the whole passing game and bet on Madison having a big game. There's a lot of interesting and, you know, sort of sharp ways um, you can play Minnesota. Um, and then if you're doing a Minnesota game stack, um, you know, there's a lot of nice bringbacks. You can bring back Hawkinson. Uh, I think uh, Marvin's probably even a better move, but my favorite is to just bring back Swift because a big game from Swift could mean Minnesota has to keep the pedal on the metal. Um, so, you know, that's a game, you know, if if there's sort of an alt game where there are no playoff implications, where I'm willing to sort of get in, you know, knee deep into a game, this one might be it. Um, let me see, what else to talk about in this game? Now, the Vikings, you know, one reason to like Detroit, other than the fact that Stafford at least is going to start this game, um, the Vikings are going to be without, oh gosh, uh, Eric Hendricks, um, they're going to be really like five starters on defense are going to be out um, for the Vikings. So that really makes Detroit, um, A, good on the bringbacks, but it, it makes Detroit interesting. Vegas has them at like 23, 24 points. Um, so, you know, that really makes me like the Minnesota passing game even more. Uh, and again, without Dalvin Cook here, they may just decide to let Cousins cook. Uh, this is a good matchup for Cousins, uh, both in terms of the Detroit scheme, but also, you know, you know, Cousins performs well in low-profile games and good matchups. So I could see Cousins really smashing here. Um, I mean, obviously, it's Kirk Cousins, so he can always just stink the joint up, too. Uh, but I definitely want to get involved uh, in the Minnesota passing attack. Uh, moving down to the Jets, New England, not a game that I'm all that interested in, with the exception of Ty Johnson at 43. He's going to be a mainstay in my lineups. I don't know how chalky he'll be, but he helps me get to some of these other plays that I want to get to. If he hits, great. But I feel like he's got about an 18-17 touch floor. I've got him for about 20-22 touches, somewhere in there. Uh, at 4,300 units, dear God, that's a great play. Uh, moving down to Dallas, I think everybody on the Dallas side's viable. Um, you know, I, I I like their cheap wide receiver plays uh, on the on the Giants side. Uh, you know, you, you can do just about anything you want. I'm not real excited about anybody in this game, um, just because I think second meeting between two divisional teams, fairly unexciting coaching staffs. Um, you know, Daniel Jones isn't really himself right now. Maybe Darius Slayton is maybe the outside bomb shot I like in this game. Um, but, you know, I, I might grind this game a little bit more, but it's just not popping for me, uh, which probably means that's the place you should be. Uh, but moving down to Atlanta and Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay is missing some significant guys uh, on defense. Um, so, you know, I really think Atlanta 
could perform you know a little better than expected in this game, which is great because that pushes uh, the Tampa side. So you know the tough thing with Brady is his weapons are so freaking good. I mean, any of these guys is capable of, you know, Gronk's capable of a monster game. Evans is capable of a monster game. And they want to get him the ball uh, to close out his season, get him to certain, you know, benchmarks. Uh, but obviously Godwin and Antonio Brown has been showing up lately. So, I mean, they just have such a skill set embarrassment of riches um, that I love Brady's floor. But, you know, how I want to go about stacking Brady is a little tougher. Um, you know, maybe just roll with one guy who you think, you know, for me, I think it's either Gronk or Evans this week, but who the hell knows, um, and then bring back a Gage or a Ridley on the other side, um, that certainly could do some damage. Um, I do think Brady's going to have a good week, but the fact that they pulled him halfway through last week, if Atlanta doesn't show up uh, and Brady doesn't get you know, four or five first half touchdowns like he did last week, uh, then we could be in a little bit of trouble. So, um, you know, they're a playoff team, and I, you know, I think Brady is going to get his, but at some point they may pull him just because they did it last week, and uh, they obviously need Brady at 100%, or they have no shot uh, in the playoffs. Uh, moving down to Green Bay and Chicago, a game that I really like. Um, the interesting thing for me in this game is do I want to stack Rodgers or gain access to Rodgers through Devontae Adams? And if I stack Rodgers, do I want to stack him with Adams or leverage against Adams by stacking him with some of his other pieces? I definitely am going to be putting Green Bay players in all of my lineups. How I go about doing it, I'm still sort of working through that. And then on the Chicago side, um, you know, they're, you know, some some bringbacks we can get into a lot of them really. Uh, if Cole Komet is out, then you could use Jimmy Graham. Uh, obviously Montgomery um, is a good bringback because if they're running the ball well, uh, while it could sort of shorten the game a little bit, it does keep Green Bay in the passing posture that they that we want them to be in. Um, and you know obviously you could use uh, a Rob or 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 you know one of the other receivers. Uh, you know, well. Yeah, probably if I'm going here, I'm going to go with with a thicker play, like a Montgomery or an A-Rob or a Jimmy Graham if Komet is out. But definitely some solid bringbacks on the Chicago side. I, You know, Green Bay's a running matchup, so I'm not so much on Trubisky this week. Um, too many good cornerbacks on the Green Bay side. So, um, you know, I think for me, I, it's 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 Rodgers stacks with a bringback in this game. Um, or, or no quarterback, but maybe Adams uh, with a Montgomery bring back or something like that. Um, you know, the David uh, Bakhtari uh, issue here is a concern. It does make me wonder whether, you know, Green Bay, if Green Bay gets up in this game, right? So if Green Bay's up 21 points in the second half, it would make sense for them to just go to the ground because they've got the running backs to do it. And, you know, the one thing Green Bay cannot afford to do here is get Rodgers dinged up in any way. Um, they want to get that buy locked in. And, you know, if they get it locked in during the game, wouldn't shock me if they got Rodgers off the field. It'll be a little bit of a, a friction because I know Rodgers wants that MVP. Um, so, you know, there is a little bit of a push-pull um, within here now. I think if Bakhtari was healthy, Rodgers would be a smash here, just like a total freaking smash. Um, moving down to Raiders-Denver, you know, I think both of these teams are going to take their guys and play them. Um, 
you know, Drew Locke is just the kind of guy who has a big game when it doesn't matter at all, right? Um, he is, a you know, an emotional, aggressive kind of kid. If the Raiders come in here and they're not fired up, week 17, road game, uh, you know, wouldn't surprise me if Locke lit up uh, sort of a, a lethargic Raiders team. So, uh, and, you know, in a one-week fantasy tournament, what else matters? So, you know, like a Locke, um, Fant, Judy, stack I don't think is crazy and dear lord once you're paying down at like three spots there you'd have a lot of money um but you know you've got you know obviously I'm not recommending that unless you can stomach the risk because you know you don't have to you don't have to convince me that Drew Locke can let you down in the big spot he did it to me last week um and then, obviously, if you're willing to mess around, there's nice bringbacks on the Raiders. Aguilar, if you can get up to 7,100 units, you know, Waller's likely to smash in this game. So, um, you know, definitely some things to like here. And then Melvin Gordon on the other side of 5,700 units. Um, he didn't have a good game last week. People will be running away from him, probably going to be low-owned, and he's going to be a volume back at a reasonable price. Um th- the Colts, I think we can trust. They need the win. Uh, you know, I think Taylor here is in a really good position because I think they can get ahead here. Um, and once they do get ahead, you know, they love to run. So I think I'm going to have 30 or 40 exp- uh, thirty or forty percent exposure to Taylor in my lineups. You do have to pay for him. The Jaguars aren't a total pushover on the ground. You know, so you know some people may be seeing this as a bigger smash than it actually is. The Jaguars do not have to lose anymore. That's another factor. Um, so you know, if you are building some Colts lineups, um, my bringbacks in this game would be Lavisca at forty-two, Eifert at twenty-eight. If you want to pay down your tight end and get yourself a bringback, and then I think Keelan Cole is probably viable too. Um, uh, Chargers KC uh, on the KC side, you can make some arguments for their receivers. I think Darwin Thompson is probably the guy I would want to play the most uh, as the week's gone on. I'm more and more comfortable that he's going to be the volume back. Um, they're going to they're going to save all the guys that mean anything to them in the playoffs. Um, I think. You know they may not know just how healthy um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be when they when, when it really matters. So they they're going to want to probably protect not just Le'Veon uh, but also Darrell Williams, uh, which should lead to a workload for Darwin Thompson at 4,400 units. I don't think that's a terrible play. Um, and then uh, on the other side, the Chargers certainly Herbert is a nice play in this game. Um, they're going to want to end his season on a good note uh, against the Chiefs defense that is you know, probably not going to be going out. They'll probably be resting a lot of guys. Uh, the Chargers D also depleted uh, with no Bosa, missing a bunch of other guys, which also helps Thompson. Um, but again, on the on the Chargers side, I think Mike Williams at 5K is a really nice GPP play. I think Guyton at 3,400 with no Keenan, no Hunter Henry, the middle of the field, uh, could sort of belong to Guyton at 3,400 units. And then if you want to pay down at tight end, I think Parham at 2,900 units is a reasonable option. Uh, when we get down to Arizona Rams, I trust the game environment in terms of both teams competing, but both these teams are sort of in eh kind of places. We've got Ramsey shadowing Nuke. I don't really love that. Uh, Kirk is out on the COVID list. I don't know how much they trust Isabella, and I don't know where... You know, Kyler is at making a lot of throws right now. You know, if they rule out Chase Edmonds, 
Kenyon Drake would be like a 20-plus touch guy at 5,400. That's not terrible, but this Ram defense is rough, so that isn't great. Uh, on the Ram side, Wolford at 4,900, I think in a GPP could make some sense. Woods at 6,300 with Cup out makes plenty of sense. Malcolm Brown at 4,300 units would be great if Akers isn't going to play. If we find out about Akers you know, far enough in front of lineup lock to build some Brown lineups... Um, that's not bad. One way to sort of fix that is to build a whole lot, like a whole lot of Ty Johnson lineups. And then if we find out that Malcolm Brown's going to be the guy that Cam Akers is toast, you can just then move whatever number of shares you're comfortable with from Ty Johnson to Malcolm Brown because not they're not just a pivot. They're the same exact price. So, um, you know, if you build 10 Ty Johnson lineups and things break right for us before lineup lock, you can just change those to Brown lineups. And now you've got two of your cheap guys, both with a shot to go off, and that, I sort of like that. Um, anything else there? Uh, let's, let's save some time here. I'm already at 25 minutes. Um, there's more to talk about here than I thought. Um, and we're blowing off a lot of stuff because a lot of these games I just don't want to get into. Um, Seattle, San Francisco, you know, um, they need stuff to go right here, and I don't think they're going to get it. So I do think, and they haven't been let run, you know, Letting Russ cook, which I'm so sick of saying. Um, so, you know, look, in a GPP, Russ DK stacks, sure, as long as you're willing to eat that money. Um, if they hit, you could be in really good shape. I think Carson is a play here, but, you know, if they don't need the game, I don't think Carson necessarily closes out the game. So that's a, a concern. Um, on, on, the, on the San Francisco side, as I mentioned, Kittle at 6K, I think... You know, he—they're letting him play. You know, you can't—you can't throttle George Kittle. You, you can't—you can't take his inner child and wound it because it's what makes him special. His enthusiasm. So I think he's gonna probably get up to about seventy percent of the snaps this week, which puts him in a position where he can just crush. Um, you know, the tight end field. He could be a guy who flips the slate. So I do think some Kittle. Um, Shares make a lot of sense. I think Jeff Wilson at 6K makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if you're willing to take the chance um, with Ayuk with the ankle, with Debo out, with Kittle not being probably an every-down guy, um, and, you know, with, you know, Bourne not being a yards-after-catch guy and a volume receiver, Richie James could do a lot of damage in this game. Um, uh, and it's also worth noting that... Um, when we're looking at those DK stacks, um, or maybe just DK one-offs, um, the 49ers, no Sherman, no K1 no Williams. Um, so, you know, the downfield pass should be more in play than normal uh, against uh, San Francisco. Obviously, not much of a pass rush remaining there uh, either. Um, coming down to Saints-Panthers. Now, on the Panthers side, I don't know what their vibe is going to be. I don't know if at some point they're going to sort of decelerate um, and start just sort of running the football. I mean, losing could help them a little bit in the draft, but then again, they're going to want to close on a good note. I'm not sure how much I trust the Carolina players, you know, outside of like Curtis Samuel and Rodney Smith. Um, but on the Saints side, they have to, you know, have this game uh, because 
the COVID situation and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees and his ribs, extra rest is so beneficial for this team. And because Green Bay is in a situation where they're playing a team that is absolutely still in it and, you know, has enough talent to who knows, um, I mean, Green Bay conceivably could lose. So, and since they're both playing at the same time, uh, the Saints have to at least push this game until they know Green Bay is going to lose. So, uh, it, 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 when you look at that, along with the fact that Kamara is now gone and Lat Murray is now gone, and they don't have a volume runner, they're going to have to throw a lot, which I think puts Breeze in play at 5,900 units, puts Manny Sanders in play at 5,500 units, puts Cook in play at 4,700 units, and then we get to Timo at 4K. I love him in a GPP, but what you can't do, again, unless you just feel like doing it, don't do it because I told you to do it, um, but look, Ty Montgomery is anything from a, oh, wow, <laughs> 10 touches or whatever, but he could also be 10 carries plus 10 targets, right? And Ty Montgomery is talented enough, and and he has enough route ability, and he's been in this scheme long enough. They haven't used him all year, but he's been around, right? You know, he really could be Kamara Light. It's, you know, Light, for sure, but Kamara Light. Uh, and going up against a defense that really allows a lot of underneath stuff, you know, if they decide to make Ty Montgomery a big factor in this game, at 4K, he could pay off huge. So I like the idea of, you know, as long as you can afford for it not to work out, you know, you know, for me, I don't know how many lineups I'm going to build, but I definitely want to build a handful of Ty Montgomery lineups uh, just in case they decide to use the guy full skill set. Um, now, they do have another guy they're bringing in to handle some of the running, and, and obviously Taysom Hill's a huge problem here because we can't get Hill into our lineups because he's a quarterback. Um, so unless you play like Superflex DFS, and even then, I don't know how good an idea that is. But ta the, the problem, like I would love to just run a Saints game stack here with all this cheap guys knowing it's a wide net and I'm going to catch a lot of points. But the problem is Taysom Hill runs in three touchdowns and you're screwed. So... Be careful not to overcommit in such a way that Taysom Hill can just ruin your weekend. But I do think there's a lot of smart ways to get involved with this Saints team. Um, and then finally, moving down to Titans and Texans. There's really a lot of ways you can splice this Titans team. Um, you know, I like Tannehill lineups, some with Henry, some without. Uh, and then I think. All three of the primary receivers for Tannehill uh, are in play. You know, A.J. Brown is in play, but I think too much A.J. Brown, I think it's better to use some Corey Davis and then even use, um, uh, you know, our guy Janu Smith. Um, you know, it, it really depends what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get unique and turn a larger field GPP on its head, then I think Janu Smith is a really really good play it's just that you know it's less than 50 50 to work way less than 50 50 um but again you're talking about you know a large field gpp where only 50 percent of the teams 15 percent of the teams are really going to cash right so you know as if you're playing to move way up the leaderboard you know i think a Tannehill um janu stack um you know with you know some bringbacks uh from the houston side and you know plenty of good ones there you can build yourself a nice cheap 
game environment stack and then bring in some really high percentage one-offs from other places and if that you know if the Tannehill to Janu thing works you put yourself in a very unique position you break all those Henry lineups and all the people who tried to leverage Henry with Brown or with Corey Davis you break them too and you're sort of really sitting there uh, going against just the small handful of other people who tried the Tannehill Janu thing so I think there's a lot of really good ways to play the Tennessee half of this game. And then on the Houston side, you can pay up for Cooks. You can go you know, mid-range um, with Kiki. Or you can go all the way down to Hanson. Uh, you could even go crazy and play a tight end or, or, or hope that DJ has a high target game. Um, so, you know, you can also play Watson, Derrick Henry. Uh, there's a lot of really sharp ways to use this game as, like, the base um, for your um, for your DraftKings team. So that's sort of a slate walk. Um, you know, along the way, I, I think I hit most of the plays that I really want to make. Um, but let's just, let's just dial up a handful of plays here that I like without thoughts to game environments. You know, and really... I mean, I hit most of them, but, you know, just, just to sort of hit a couple names that I want to reemphasize, I really like Cousins this week. Obviously, Cousins is a volatile individual, but I just think this sets up so well for him. Um, week 17, he's such a Week 17 kind of guy, uh, and the matchup is good. Um, and then at running back, I you know, so many guys you can look at, but, you know, Henry, Taylor, uh, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, and Ty Johnson are really sort of the, I, they're sort of my core five. Miles Gaskin, I think, is another one. Um, at receiver, you know, Devontae for sure, and then Justin Jefferson. Really want to play a lot of Justin Jefferson this week. Uh, like the Titans guys, Thielen's another good one. Um, um, you know, at tight end, um, I want to do, you know, some correlating at the position for sure. Uh, but Kittle, Waller, and Andrews really stand out. Noah Fant really stands out uh, to me. Oop, pen drop. Uh, and then um, I mentioned the Browns defense. I also like the Colts defense. Um but really running out of time here. We're over 30 minutes. I wanted to do this in 30. Um, but I guess there was more to say than I thought. Um, and I wanted to get this thing to post uh, by 10. It's looking, it lo looks like it's going to be more like 10.20, 10.25. Sorry about that. Uh, but once again, I just want to thank everybody uh, for taking this journey with me through 17 weeks. It's been a lot of fun. It's not even including August and January and the off season. Um, but I've had a lot of fun this season. I am losing my voice. <laughs> as you can probably tell. I'm um, looking forward to getting that back. Um, but we're really, there's going to be a very, very tiny um, off-season break on this podcast. Really none at all. Um, because the DFS podcast isn't going to stop until DFS stops. So um, we're going to be having weekly um, DFS podcasts that's going to go right through the playoffs. I love short slates, so we'll definitely have a lot of fun with that. And before the playoffs is even over, in January, um, I'm going to have some some rookie podcasts, just sort of getting my feet wet, uh, and then I'm gonna. I plan on doing um, a lot of guests on rookie podcasts, doing a lot of um, you know individual player podcasts, having a lot of fun with it. Uh, the whiskey podcast is coming back. Fire up the fantasy Highland. Really looking forward to that. Uh, and once again, um, 
I try not to talk about this too much, but it's important for the continuation of the website. Um, for those of you who like Rotobond.com, uh, please support Rotobond.com. Um, you know, uh, I, I try to be a little bit of a fantasy Robin Hood, but, you know, I can't do it out of, all out of my own pocket. I do need help on that. So for folks, if you love the podcast, if you love the website, and I know some of you do because our traffic uh, for a COVID fantasy season has been pretty damn good, um, have had a handful of really big donations. But even with that, it's really... The big amount of small donations that really keeps us going. So it it doesn't really matter what you donate; it's that you donate. Um, but by the same token, look, obviously pay the rent for you donate to the site. Um, but thank you to everybody for participating in this season. It's been <laughs> a wild season, but for me a very gratifying one. Even though I didn't really, you know, drop a bunch of championships or anything like that, uh, my teams overall did very well. Uh, losing Michael Thomas down the stretch was just brutal because I have that guy. He's like my version of Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit everywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, Monday was a little depressing because my finals mostly went the wrong way. But, uh, uh, you know, throughout the week, week 17 perked me up a little bit. Um, and look, once again, good luck to anybody who's got a finals this week. Hit me up on Twitter if you need any help. Uh, I'll be around for the next couple hours. But man, hammer your commissioner and make sure you don't ever have to go through this again. Week 17 should not be uh, about redraft. Um, but again, focus on single entry. I think this is a good week to do that. Lean on the game environments you trust. I think it's a good week to do that. Um, and if you're not playing Derrick Henry, think about how you're going to leverage the people who are playing Derrick Henry. Um, and that's going to do it for the Week 17 DFS podcast. Um, create some good lineups. Hopefully I'll see you guys uh, in the winner's circle at the end of the day. Um, and we're not going to have a podcast early next week. I may not talk to you guys unless you know, unless the muse is upon me. I'm not going to probably talk to you guys until next Friday or Saturday uh, when I post um, the wildcard uh, round DFS. So uh, onward and upward. Uh, we'll see you next week. Giddy up.